HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program was brought to you by Union Beer. For more information, visit greatbrewers.com. I'm Linda Palaccio, host of A Taste of the Past. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. Hey, 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 welcome to Beer Sessions Radio on the Heritage Radio Network. I'm Jimmy Carboni from Jimmy's Number 43 and the Good Beer Seal. Today is Tuesday, January 26, 2016. We had a big winter storm this weekend, but it did not keep our friend Andy Gonstaller coming from uh, Germany with, uh, with his Shelton Brothers crew. We got Ann Becerra. Thank you for joining me again as our winter co-host, Ann. Yeah, I survived Jonas at the bar like a good New Yorker. I think a lot of us spent time at the bar this weekend, <laughs> so didn't too. we? It was sure. a good one. And yeah. we got some friends coming on later from uh, Tiny Field uh, Roof Hop Farms that are pretty great, Keely and uh, Katrina. So, hi, guys. All right. Hi. Thanks for having me. All right. Us. And our, you know, we're, we're going to build this show around because Andy, some people have called him the best brewer in the world. He is very humble and modest, and he's not saying that. But it's cool that, you know, and in the world we know of great German brewers like Sebastian Zauer and, you know, like Stefan Mars, those guys really think highly of him. And I think it's the. The first time that you've been in the States, is that true? No, that's not true, but uh, the first <laughs> time in New York. <laughs> I was uh, maybe uh, three or four times in the U.S., but more in California or uh, Korea. Yeah. yeah. And we've got uh, Joel Shelton and B.R. Roya, who are such great people in the industry. They're here with us. We've been tonight. in America many times. You have. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so tell us the backstory on, uh, on, on Andy and how you guys met him and... Uh, Actually, I don't. I didn't meet Andy originally. I think my brother Dan met you first. Yeah, correct. Yes, that's correct. When was that, Andy? That was maybe twelve years ago. Twelve years ago, Shelton yeah. time is is only like eight years normal time. Okay. But uh, Dan, 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 Dan's a real Franco, Franca, Frankenfile. He loves you know Franconian Germany, and he met Andy a long time ago. He worked in a different brewery back in those days, and we finally nailed him down and got his. Beer into the U.S. this year or last year? Well, I know you guys have you have some great beers from there as well, like Weizenoa, Mars. What are some of the other ones? <laughs> well, of course, Fry Guys, Sebastian Fry you guys. Um Ritter Goods Goza, the great Goza. Yeah, that's one of Jimmy's favorites too. Mine too. Oh yeah, yeah we all love that. So, so we have a, a small but August collection of German brewers, and Andy's are 
newest acquisition, and we're very, very excited about that. So, Andy, what are some of the, yeah. the things that you, you do as a brewer that, that are unique? Yeah, uh, my, my experience is more than uh, uh, 30 years. I started with uh, 50 years uh, uh, for, for home brewing, and uh, that's going up. And um, so I was uh, over 20 years in, in Bamberg in the brewery, and uh, out of uh, 2007, I, I, I left and um, uh, built up my own brewery. And uh, so that's, that's yeah. my, my passion. And I, I have some notes on you, and um, I know that Joel and BR are going to step in and talk with you a little bit. Um, so you were a journeyman brewer. You moved from a small Franconian village brewery to the next, but yeah. finally seems to have settled on establishing his brand, Gonstala Brau, at the old Friedel Brewery in a tiny Franconian village called Schneid. Schneid. Is that correct? <laughs> that's what Ju- those are Justin's notes. So, yeah. And uh, you guys want to give some backstory on him as well, uh, Dan? I mean, uh, Joel or Br? Well, Andy was brewed in you brewed in Mars, correct? Uh, a little bit Mars? No, in Mars I I don't brew. Uh, I I was more in in the management. Yeah. Oh oh oh, he's from management. I didn't even know that. This is new to me. He didn't tell me that when I when I signed him up. But he was in. You were in um, Beck Beck Brewery. Yeah, uh, in, in in the Beck Brewery in in Dabitzow, and here um, I got very nice experience. And here I started also uh, with um, with a craft beers. Yeah, yeah. In two thousand seven. Great. Well, part of what we're going to talk about today is you know lo- local ingredients. I know that Franconia is is in Bamberg. It's the home of so much that we love as beer lovers. You know, uh, grains and hops and everything. Uh, are, are you able to get still malts and grains and hops from your region or not? Yes. Uh, the, the malt, also the hop comes from our region, but also I, I use uh, from from USA and um, a little bit of uh, Slovenia or England or New Zealand, Australia. Yeah. yeah. But the most is German and U.S. hop. And have you had? Are you familiar with any of those Franconian breweries that we mentioned, like Mars and uh, Mar- Fry yeah. Geist? Yes, the Sapphire Vice. I th- want to say I had on the most recent. Uh, big fan. I just was curious if there's any American hops that you've discovered lately that blew you away, or that you're really excited to work with or brew with that you haven't before. Because I can imagine there's so many going up just for yep. here, and we're used to it. Um, I believe that's the, the Mosaic hop. Yeah, the Mosaic. Yeah, I, mosaic yeah. Hop. Mm-hmm. I like it very much. So do yeah. I. Yeah, man. Well, I like this beer. So, uh, what are the beer? What is the beer that we're drinking? That's uh, that's Zoil. Zoil. And uh, the the name comes uh, from the Oberpfalz. And Zoil, it's that's in in the earlier time. Uh, that's a, a kind of a dialect. Um, the the word in in German is uh, Zeiger, and uh, Zeiger means uh, a sign. And uh, that was in earlier time. Uh, the uh, when the restaurant is open, uh, this was a sign on the, on the house. It was a like a arrow that's um, keeping the, in the up, uh, so it was open, and it's keep down, so it was closed the restaurant. And uh, in the in the time, the the dialect changed from uh, Zeiger to Zeigel to Zeugel, and that means uh, Zeugel. And uh, Zeugel is not a kind of a beer. That's uh, just an um, uh, unfiltered beer, directly way uh, tapped uh, out of the tank, and it's, it's, 
It's a nice unfiltered beer. You guys have so many great traditions there, and, and we're going to learn more about it tonight. So in talking about local ingredients and, you know, f- from Germany, where so many, I still think Germany makes such great beers, and I'm really looking forward to uh, tasting more of your beers tonight. But we got some kids in Brooklyn. You guys are <laughs> in the Pfizer building. And uh, you're, w- one of the things you're growing is hops. So uh, tell us about your, your little project and uh, why you're on the show today. Um, we are Keely and Katrina. We are the co-founders and co-farmers of Tiny Field Roof Hop Farm, and we grow um, Cascade hops on top of the Pfizer Pharmaceutical Building. It's a old um, former pharmaceutical factory that now has a bunch of amazing food businesses and other things kind of happening in the building. And we grow currently 60 Cascade plants, and we're um, going to be increasing our production for the next year and hopefully years to come. And um, we grow some other greens. We grow microgreens and salad greens in a greenhouse that we constructed this year on the roof as well. And why did you, why did you guys pick Cascade to grow? And are there other hops <laughs> varieties that you're going to grow as well? We sort of – it was um, a debate between Centennials and Cascades, and we sourced them from Hudson Valley um, hops. It's a, a – guy named Justin who grows hops in Dutchess County and he works to sort of source and grow hops locally to um, distribute throughout the Hudson Valley and and New York City. So we sourced them from him um, in the spring of 2015 and started growing um, them and and we just thought Cascades would be a really nice variety to grow for the kind of beers that we like to drink and we knew that Cascades are hardy and they'd be really good for you know this climate in New York City. I've talked to other brewers. I have some friends up in, in New England growing hops, and they all seem to be say they're growing Cascades too. Mm-hmm. I know Anne. Have uh, you experienced? Have you? Well, I just think the new. I haven't had her. They're Brooklyn Cascades. Yeah, no, you know, I haven't had beers um, brewed from Brooklyn Cascade, but the New York Cascade is completely different than what I'm used to when I think Cascade hops. You know, mm-hmm. the West Coast sort of mm-hmm. big bold flavors. We were doing it. We brewed a beer at Strong Rope recently, and we kind of did a little staff training, you know, all the hops. We pulled out every hop he had, and the difference between the New York, you know, Cascades and the ones that we had were just night and day. And I think it's really interesting to see the terroir coming back to New York and being able to Mm -hmm. see, like, what our water does and what, you know, our conditions can do to something and then translate it into the final beer. And New York used to have a a lot of hops growing in the state. And so I think there's a resurgence, especially with craft breweries growing and people really wanting to connect to local ingredients with their beers. And I think that with the water and other sort of environmental conditions that we're really protecting here in New York State, being in the epicenter of kind of craft brew here in New York City is a great place to be in. And our Cascades turned out really well. Awesome. Can I, can I do a quick segue back to Germany for a second on the same subject? Is It seems to no. be... The, okay. All right. Never mind. <laughs> or we're going to commercial. No. Uh, the reason uh, beer is sort of considered to have come from the area where Gant- Andy comes from is precisely because the water and the hops are so good there. That it was That's where hops really came from. And the water is... There's a huge underground spring in, in Czech Republic and Germany around there. And that's why they were famous for... That's why they created beer in the first place there. So... It, it really ties in with what they're saying about the good water here in Brooklyn and the good, you know, soil for hops and such. Andy, have you ever made beer anywhere else besides Franconia? It's like I'm, we're talking about like local beer. For you, local is like yeah. Franconia or, or even your your town, right? Yes, that is. Have you ever made beer anywhere else besides Franconia? Just in cooperation, yeah. 
But um, yeah. so um, I was in many times in Italy, um, also in uh, Netherlands and with with De Molen and Sweden. Yeah, we we Arcan. saw you did some really cool collaborations with De Molen yeah. and Bira del Borgo. Yeah. So. Absolutely. And yeah. Bira, give us a little background because you know you're, you're you're with Shelton Brothers and you've been on a lot of shows. You know, how do you see Gonstal fitting in? And uh, well, one thing know, what's what's pretty cool why should we is buy that it? well, you know, I think buying and drinking local is very important as well. Which sounds strange coming from an importer, but in some respects, a lot of people they can't afford to travel. Uh, you know, they don't have the chance to go to every single tiny town in Franconia, and that's why we try to bring the best of what we found over there here for people to try, and especially someone like Andy who's using traditional methods, you know, using a cool ship brewing some some very traditional styles yet also working with american hops not afraid to innovate while still maintaining a certain traditional base and you know those are things that we we really find interesting and for a lot of our brewers you know we work with ones uh, like sebastian from Freigeist who's and monarchy going back finding these very very old style recipes or traditional brewers like mars and uh, rittergutz uh, but on the other hand, you know, we've got some brewers who are doing some very, very experimental things as well. And so it's it's just nice to pick from the, the range of that. And, and you're, you're a good ambassador for, for Andy and, and Joel as well. Um, so on that, like, what else is he doing as, as a brewer? I mean, he's doing he's, – I didn't know he was using cool ships. Um, you know, what are some of the brewing process that he's doing that the right people now, are saying and, is the and best and brew in the world? And can speak more on this, is, is brewing ales, uh, but uh, with bottom fermenting cooler temperatures. So, you know, kind of subduing the fruitiness that you would get – from the warmer temperatures. Okay, uh, we we just uh, brew beer with uh, button fermented yeast and um, kuhlship, uh used in in uh, fifty years ago. Um, that was in, instead of a real bull, and uh, the that's the only thing the the, the drop settled down, and um, the wort uh, could uh, steam out very clear. And that's. And I have a flavor for old stuff, and uh, so I use the cool ship and also for the quality, and that's that's my passion, yes. Yeah, Andy's a, a strange combination of very, very traditional Bavarian and what they would call craft beer in Germany now, which sort of means U.S.-influenced because he's doing the U.S. hop thing and doing the ale styles. But he's got the bottom fermentation, doing it the right way, the decoction mash and the cool ship and all the the old traditional brewing methods. So that's why it gets this texture that's so so round, you mm-hmm. guys can tell it. And the, and the flavor's really full. It's not a watery flavor. It's really rich. Even this when this the is the stuff. next beer that, with the Doppelbach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. What oh, beer the is this? The Schwartz beer? Yeah, the Schwartz beer. That's a Baltic border style, and um, that's a, a 6.7 ABV. And uh, that's absolutely uh, nice in, in, in flavor for chocolate, uh, bitterness, and... Um, that's uh, have everything. What uh, also have our a top fermented beer. Yeah, yeah. This is great. This to me is 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 like begging for food. You know, I think it's a really great. I love the style Schwarz beer anyway, but it's a little stronger from the Schwarz beer that I'm used to. And uh, I could drink this with a burger, you know, and <laughs> some sausage. The caramelized, carbonized flavors and the really clean finish. This is awesome. Really unique. Thanks so much. Yeah, man. And Keely and Katrina, I know you're growing hops, but do you drink a lot of beers? <laughs> yes, as much as we can. Yeah. What are some beers that, you, that you're drinking these days? I love everything that other half is doing, honestly. Um, they're a new brewery in Brooklyn, um, and they're doing some really innovative stuff. Um, mm-hmm. 
really delicious. And I live uh, really close to Three's Brewing in Guanas, and I love that they're just always churning out new brews. And so um, I fill up a growler from them like every other week. And I just I really love all kind of kinds of beer, but I think hoppy varieties are really my jam. So I think that's kind of why we really wanted to try to up our hops production so we can brew a hoppier And you get to hang out with the brewers now, right? Yeah. Do you know what? Is there anybody that we know? Yeah. Is there anybody that we know that's uh, used your hops in their beers yet? Um, We're currently working with with Lithology Brewing out of Long Island. Um, So they're a small, newer brewery as well. That's great. Joel? I was just going to do a plug. Speaking of threes, uh, Andy's going to be at threes tomorrow night at six with his Zorgalon draft and hanging out with Greg, the brewer there, and are you, seeing what American craft Andy, are you going to make make a beer at Threes with Greg? Uh, sorry. Uh, later, you're in is he going to collaborate a beer on a beer with uh, Greg at Threes? Yeah. Uh, in the future, yeah. Sometime absolutely. in the future. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. That's cool. And hey, we're just we're just getting started on the show. It's really awesome. Uh, and we all came out. It's, it's like a winter storm in New York City, and everybody's chilling out. We'll be back in a few minutes on Beer Sessions Radio. All right. Thank you. <laughs> El Knife and Son acquired Union Beer Distributors, which was originally located on Union Avenue in Brooklyn, but has since expanded to its present location alongside the English Kills Canal in Williamsburg, Brooklyn. Union Beer has grown dramatically in the last decade as the primary distributor of Anheuser-Busch products for Kings County, Brooklyn, through the hiring and development of the best people in the industry. In 2003, Union Beer acquired a powerful catalog of specialty brands, which immediately positioned them as the craft beer supplier to accounts in Manhattan, Brooklyn, Queens, and Staten Island. Union perpetually tweaks their portfolio to maintain the highest level of stylistic breadth with the most coveted brands available. Through the highest possible level of service, outstanding salesmanship of the ultimate lineup of brands, and a paramount focus on education on all levels, Union Beer has solidified its position as the only source for the best selection of beers in the 14 counties of southeastern New York. For more information, visit greatbrewers.com. Hey, welcome back to Beer Sessions Radio on the Heritage Radio Network. Winter storm's done, Ann. It's New York City. Heritage Radio Network. Wow. <laughs> yeah, the winter storm is done, but can you tell the sludge to get the... <laughs> Did you know that this oh. is the city that never sleeps and that now whenever it snows, they shut down almost everything? <laughs> well, that, that's our campaign for next year. Except the bars, though. Again, like I said, yeah. we always fare well, you know. My so, 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 which bar were you working at on Saturday, and, and uh, how I, did you stay As open? a lovely friend, I covered a shift, and I worked at Blind Tiger, and we were slammed. And then I was at Dive Bar, and they were slammed. And basically, every place I passed that was open and pumping was slammed, and everyone was having a great time playing in the snow. I mean, nothing can really hold us down. So it's like, it's like being on the desert island that last night when <laughs> yeah. you know you might die. Yeah. Yeah. I'll yeah. tell you, I'll do an inside story at Jimmy's number 43. I can only tell this to my listeners. On Saturday night, there was one customer. She really got into it. She started throwing popcorn at people, and everyone wanted to catch it. And it became a thing where everyone had to throw the popcorn, and everyone had to catch it. Th- crazy things like that happen in New York when there's a snowstorm. You know? Yeah, you got to make people up your own games. priorities straight. Yeah. <laughs> so, doesn't, that doesn't get past here, right, Jimmy? No, no. Nobody's yeah. listening. But um, So we, we got Andy Gonstaller from the Gonstaller Brow. I want you guys each to ask a question, whether it's about what he does with hops or, or technique, because this is really one of, one of the great brewers that, that's coming out of Germany right now. Yeah, well, I was wondering if there's any particular traditional German style of brewing that incorporates a wet hop. 
or fresh hop? Yep. Yeah, fresh hop. Uh, we don't use uh, fresh hop. We use the always uh, pellets because we, we have no technical in the, in the brewery. But um, that's very close to. Uh, we, we only use really fresh hop. Yeah, and then for, for Joel and Br to, to build on that, what, what is the role of hops in in German beer? I mean, compared to what's going on in America, uh, f- f- for most of the styles in Franconia, where where uh, Andy comes from, and in the south of Germany, the beer, the use of hops is is traditionally more of a balance of the malt as opposed to the main flavor. To put it really bluntly, so you don't, and you can tell from Andy's beers, you don't go, "Wow, there's a hop blast whatsoever." But it was always a, a balancing off of the hop, uh, the malt, and that's what what it existed for in the first place. And so, you won't get, for the most part, that American. So they're not going to do like a wet hop beer. Well, they will. I think Andy's going to do stuff like that. Yeah. The ones we're having here are kind of malty, I would say. But uh, in general, the tradition has been people would say more malt forward, just because the hops are more balancing and they don't pop out. The, the idea in German beer is everything's balanced, nothing pops out. It's just a big beer flavor. And you don't pick out the ingredients separately, which I think is what really would the and idea. And then would you say if, like, let's say the Tiny Field Roof Hops sent some hops. How would you guys send hops to him? Would you send him fresh hops like FedEx? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, have you done that yet? He might get stopped at customs. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, the deal with wet hops is they need to be brewed within 72 hours of harvest. So getting them to Andy would be a bit of a difficulty, I would say. <laughs> All right. So you can't really get hops from them. But uh, he could brew it in the U.S. with threes yeah. or something with Greg. Maybe yeah. that's a project. You guys can. Oh, we, I see the birth of our project. I see here. it. It's happening. Light yeah. bulb. That sounds good. Yeah. You have a question for Andy? Yeah. Have you brewed any beers without hops? Have you ever brewed a Groot or anything that doesn't use hops? Or no. would you like to? <laughs> Not really. Uh, no, okay. just, just, just one time, uh, I brewed a, uh, a mix uh, with hop and, and herbs. Mm-hmm. That's... Uh, that's a uh, mirror. Uh, I don't know. You know? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. That's that's came from from Gotland, from Sweden. I have friends in in Sweden, and uh, they brought me the 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 fresh um, mirror, and uh, I I put it in the mirror like uh, in the Bible, push-up. like <laughs> yeah, like no, Frankincense and myrrh. No, that was very funny. Well, what is myrrh? Wake, wake up, yeah. myrrh. Nobody uh, knows what myrrh is. That's myrrh. plants. <laughs> do you, do you know what myrrh is? In? Well, it's not is it like gold. gold. Is it go- it's, it's not, not gold frankincense. Dust? It's not gold dust. <laughs> it's basically yeah. the lamest present to get. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> of the three. But it's obviously very important because it's kings. in the Bible, Jimmy. But what is myrrh? <laughs> Nobody knows. Somebody, a Twitter at Beer Underscore Session. Somebody say, what is myrrh? And you got a free Beer Sessions Radio t-shirt. How about that? Do you remember in Life of Brian where they brought him all the gifts of myrrh and his mom said, don't. Don't worry about the myrrh next time so much. It's, the best. <laughs> yeah, it's never been popular, That's myrrh. So Why do I think that BR knows what myrrh is? I do not. You do not. He's <laughs> like the most up. literate person in the room. Come I on. know Belladine brews a beer with myrrh, and I know he does, and that's about the extent. I think we need Justin or Jack to jump in. Somebody's going to tell us what. What's myrrh? Nobody knows. Anybody is there a myrrhologist anywhere here? <laughs> myrrhologist. Good Lord. So that's a crazy. What is myrrh? All right. So that's a good question. Okay. So talking about all these ingredients brings us to you know the essence of the history of German beer, which we know is the Reinholdsgebot Law. And we know that the 500th anniversary of that's coming up. In April. And uh, Sebastian Sauer, our buddy from Fry Guys, put, put out an invitation to everyone around the world to comment on it or host a party. But he, he's not happy with it. Why is he not happy with it, Joel? He's not totally unhappy with it, but he just doesn't like the fact that up until now you can't call something that doesn't have other hops, yeast, water, and barley. You can't call it beer, technically. You can make stuff in, in Germany. You can call it Goza, for example. It has salt in and all that. 
Uh, so it's technically so goes is not a beer. Nobody, yeah, it doesn't really matter ultimately. But, uh, but what is what are some of the other styles that that can't be called beers? Uh, well, anything without those ingredients, I think, except for there's some weird rules that some some princes manage to get their buddies to get around them. But for the most part, German beer is from those four things, and wheat wheat is okay. Uh, that's br might jump and she's they made the exception for wheat um a couple hundred years ago but um (laughs) it was yeah it it just it can only be brewed with barley or some sort of malt um hops water and since they discovered yeast yeast Uh, any sort of spices uh any other ingredients are fruits for example you can't technically call it a beer we can call it a beer here in the u.s but they can't put beer on the label in germany because like last week sebastian sebastian sauer who we love he posted on Facebook, oh, it's coming up the 500th anniversary of Reinhold's Gebot Law, and we're going to, like, break it or something. And he put – Andy's name was on there. That's why I'm bringing it up. So he, I don't dragged, know, what, he dragged Andy's name in? Yeah. <laughs> so what, would Andy be making Fast. a beer that doesn't adhere to the purity law? Uh, he has to, to speak for himself. Yeah. Andy, are you breaking the yeah. law, Andy? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, Reinhold's Gebot is very important for me. And uh, – just uh, for for getting some experience, I I, I brew other kind of, of beers uh, with herbs or something like that. But um, uh, in the future, I only brew for the Reinheitsgebot, and um, you you could brew so different beers with the Reinheitsgebot. That's amazing um, to use just malt, hop, and and the yeast. That's that's amazing, and I I want to show uh, the, the people. What uh, different stuff is going on with with uh, different hop from U.S. and in combined uh, with a, so with a German this, hop? This next beer we have, yeah, the next next is a, a double uh, Weizenbock wheat beer, and that's all, uh, also brewed uh, with a button fermented yeast. And but um, this is really good. It's a little bit difficult. This to me is what. The kind of beer coming out of Germany that will blow people away. I this, love this. This has such an amazing fresh aroma, and the first hit of it on your mouth. It's just this. This is what German beer tastes like, and nobody else can do it quite like this. But you're saying so. You're yeah. you're working with just the 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 grains, hops, yes. yeast, and water. Yeah. Uh, so what what do you do? I want to know more about your technique because you know we got hop growers here, we got beer experts. But <laughs> what is your technique? I read that you um in in your Doppelbach you do a thrice. Decocted. Yeah, the, um, the problem is uh, with the uh, bottom fermented yeast that you you get not uh, not uh, the nice uh, acid taste uh, with a higher temperature in the top fermented, and um, so I used uh, the maximum of the um, bottom fermented temperature, and uh, also with a right hop. So you you must do uh, which kind of hop is is uh, good for the for the wheat beer, and so that's the result. <laughs> and, and one thing about the, the decoction method is there are very few brewers, commercial brewers, who still use that. Um, it's very labor-intensive. It's very time-consuming. Um, and a lot of brewers say that now that we have malts that are so well-modified, you don't really need that to get the conversion of the starches to sugars. But we found, and, and Joel can back me up on this, any brewer that we've we've imported or any beers commercial brewers even in the u.s who use a decoction method you can really taste the difference the malt is just much, so much more round there's sort of a lack of the the grainy astringency um it just makes just a wonderful mouthful and fuller body even if the beer itself is fairly light there's just so much more character and flavor to it with decoction i find 
Yeah, to put to put it simply, it just it's less watery. So that's that's the effect it has. It just it feels like the 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 ingredients are married with the water more. You don't feel like oh, there's barley and water. It just feels like some rich stuff that they call beer in Germany, and a lot of Germans aren't doing it anymore. And it's really nice that our Franconian guys are doing it still because it really has a roundness that you don't get anywhere else. It's like putting a little bit of pasta water in the sauce. <laughs> it just brings it all together. Is that what it's, the same is, is that what it's like? I mean, the, you know, when you're eating it, it doesn't slip right off. I get it. Well, I'll say a, a couple of our listeners have, have been writing in about they want us to, to post on Untapped the beers that we're drinking because we really get to drink some great beers. So I don't know if these beers are on Untapped. Are that they? one is because I checked it in yesterday. <laughs> so this is let's, let's, this is the Gonschelt beer. Just tell us exactly what this beer is because this is my favorite beer. Is, if we're saying this is my favorite beer of the show so far, and probably my favorite beer of the day. So so it, it was listed as only five thirty X <laughs> XL two Amber Weizenbach. So from from Gonschelt. But it even says bottom fermented at the bottom. It does say bottom fermented. So do you think the trend is is that there'll be more information on labels like this? You know, bottom fermented. I mean, what do you think about that, Anne? Don't you think there should be, rather than, so many American brewers are just making up weird names for their beers. I'm all about the more information, the better. I mean, I think, especially now, there's so many choices. And, you know, I'm like, this is what I do. Yeah, it's easy for me to kind of, it's good for me that I have a bar that I can explain to people. But I couldn't imagine walking into a bottle shop these days and not knowing what you're looking for and not having someone that's competent behind the, you know, the register. And it's like... How do you pick? Yeah, you know, so I, want I say more information for more sure. Information yeah. For sure. I mean, is, is that a trend in Germany? I mean, you think that I think it's starting to be Germans don't haven't until recently said much about the beer because it's just beer for them. Whether it's really good or not, it just was beer and they don't think, oh, no one really cares how we do it. They're more like craftsmen than artists. We kind of think of it like this artistic thing, but for them it's always been a craftsman thing. And I think Andy's just likes to point out that it's bottom fermented ale because it's just because he's a, he's a brewer and it's interesting to him. And he's unusual in that way, I think. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah um, you don't find uh, um, any uh, button fermented uh, Weizen in, in Germany that's, that's, that's come, came out of my stomach. I, I thought, oh, why I, I cannot brew a, a beer um, that's normally uh, top fermented? With uh, button fermented yeast, and uh, so I I tried, and so I got it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say yeah, it's really unique. I mean, it's I don't think it suffers in aroma or you know anything that you would get from ale yeast. It's good. Yeah, and so Akili and Katrina. So now, now that you're growing hops on your rooftop, and is what you're going to be your second season? Yes. You guys are real pros, right? <laughs> <laughs> I know this, you have a bigger story behind <laughs> you, but what, what are things that you would want to know from a brewer? Let's say. You're going to go to threes with Andy, and, and they're going to make a beer with your hops. I mean, is there anything that you, you, you're learning that you would want to know what the brewer would want from your hops? Or, or how, are you presenting the, how, is it, you just, how are you presenting your hops to the brewer? I think, I mean, well, so what I am curious about is I don't actually, I've brewed a couple times with friends in the past, but I don't actually know what types of things they're looking for necessarily in the aroma or in the taste i do on a certain level but um just having a brewer with me i think would be really helpful to you know have some so you need more brewers input on on what you're growing and everything right i think there needs just to be more connection between um people who are using your ingredients and people who are producing them. Maybe you you can invite some local brewers to come up and help you plant the hops and uh, we were talking about doing something like that where uh you, you people sh- like you know in the old days there was a hop harvest. Mm-hmm. I'm sure it happened in Germany and happened in upstate New York. 
people would go there basically on vacation and help harvest the hops, and they had a connection with that that farm and the brewery and things. Yeah, I think there's just so many really great um, local breweries happening in in New York now. And you know, you mentioned Strong Oak earlier. Jason's really doing some great beers. And you know, on he's a, doing larger scale. He's making only using New York State ingredients yeah. for all his beers. Um, and so. you know, the Farm Brewery Bill is kind of why we sort of wanted to get a kickstart on this anyway, um, and just sort of start producing um, now and and make more and more hops available to New York brewers. But, you know, there's we we want to cultivate relationships with local brewers who care a lot about sourcing their ingredients locally. And we also really love working and learning about, like, women brewers and, and, you know, really keeping things kind of connected in this beer community and in this food community in New York. So we're really excited to be a part of it. And you're not just growing hops, right? It's greens and everything. Are, are yeah. your um, produce in any restaurants, or where are you selling that or giving that away? Or what are you doing with the greens, I guess, is the question. Yeah, we've been in a few different restaurants. Um, we've worked with Carnem. Um, we have a constant relationship going with Colony on Atlantic and Smith. Uh, somewhere Clinton. in that area. <laughs> somewhere in Brooklyn. And you're on the your rooftop of the Pfizer building, which isn't too far from here, is we it? We are, yeah. It's we're like about 20 minutes away. Yep. All right, guys. We're going to take another short break. We'll be back in a few minutes on Beer Sessions Radio. All right. <laughs> Hey, welcome back to Beer Sessions Radio on the Heritage Radio Network. And we know we've been through the storm, and we got a guy flew in from Germany in the middle of the storm, and you know we made it out to uh, you know Roberta's in the middle of the storm. But Jack, do you know what myrrh is? We found out. Yes, uh, <laughs> it's an aromatic resin from a bunch of thorny tree species. So it's basically used as a, in throughout history as a perfume, an incense, and sometimes a medicine. So then, Andy, you're making a beer with with myrrh. Yeah. And, and, and what are you doing? At what point are you putting the myrrh into the brew? Uh, I tried a, a beer from, from Laki, and it was brewed with myrrh, and uh, I, I loved the taste. And, and so I thought, okay, I make a beer. When, when in the process the do you put it? Like in the boil? Do you do it during fermentation? When do you include it? I took the, the, the myrrh in, in the um, cool ship mm. uh, for... 20 minutes uh, when the temperature goes down to um, 85, 90 degrees Celsius. And uh, so I, I push in the cool ship for 50 minutes. Yeah, I, I want to talk more about that, your, your cool ship. Joel, have you been to, to Gonstaller? Oh, yeah. I've been a couple of times. And it's a little tiny brewery in the village of, what's the, it's Hollerndorf? Hollerndorf? Yeah. It's, it's a suburb of Schneid, which is a, another <laughs> village. So that's yeah. You, so you had a lot of fun telling us about, about Franconia, man. If you guys, <laughs> who knows where the old Friedel Brewery is? And Friedel, who, Friedel, and who knows where Schneid is? You know. Well, everybody knows where. Schneid and who knows where Bamberg is? That's a good. That's where Twitter knows what too. Is. Who no knows where Germany so there you go. is? Yeah, yeah. But uh, but this this area of the world, Jimmy, I, and I always like to point this out. It's the only place left in the world that you can go to every little village, and there's a there's the brewery there. Not every village, literally, but it used to be like that everywhere in the world. And then still in Franconia and called Franken in Germany, you can travel around. And go to village to village. You have a little brewery similar to what Andy's working in, and um, but the cool ship. So what? The so cool know, ship. We yeah, know well, at Peekskill they have a cool ship. OEC, which is in, in Connecticut, has a cool ship in, in this area, Allegash. 
But um, gotta have is one. is it is it novel for a, a Franconian brewer to have a, a cool ship? Unusual. Yeah, in earlier time, yes. But right now, in the moment that um, I know, just uh, four breweries, four other breweries, without our, um, not. It's no more moment. <laughs> Can I point out that? Uh, in the room with the cool ship, Andy has a collection of American license plates on the wall. Just, <laughs> just to show what a complex guy he Sometimes really is. Sometimes he throws them in at the end to give a little metallic flavor <laughs> with just, the myrrh. You know, he's like this old. He's like this old school guy, but he's always got this American modern twist. You know, you know what? Actually, Br told me before. He takes the myrrh, the resin, wipes it on his neck like a baseball player, and then puts it into the cool ship. And then comes out with no fingers. <laughs> no and he's naked when he's doing it, of course. Oh yeah. We can say a lot about you, Andy, but you know we appreciate that you came and you're, and you're, and you're on an English language. So you understand everything. Yes, but I know it's 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 tough. Like I like I said, it's Sprechheit ambition Deutsch, but that's about all I can say. That's you know? pretty good. And Prost, I can say we know Prost. Yeah, I can say I was in Deutschland in 1983, which means nineteen eighty three. But exactly, I, I know snippets, but that's that was six years of high school and college German. Just so you know, American education. So. <laughs> One but, sentence uh, he got out of it. Yes. <laughs> um, but more stuff, I wanna, let's go deeper to this Franconia, man, because these kids have to go over there and learn about the, the they culture of, the, you know, put on your dirndles and one of the great beer cultures in the world. And Anne, have you ever been to Bamberg in Franconia? That's my next trip. Yeah, and and, and, and we're really trying to play that summer. out. And every year, you know, I get from you guys. What you know, I love, what you guys do is, uh, who is the guy that collects all the gravity kegs? There's one brewer in, in uh, Franconia. Urban Winkler in Weissenau, Cluster Brauer in Weissenau. The Weissenau. So every year I, I get a, a number of, of the, I call them gravity kegs. Yeah, yeah. We put yeah. One, one each weekend on the bar at Jimmy's number 43. What it's I like real. about it, it's like an old tradition. It's like the, the, you put the keg up, it's, it's, I take it out of the fridge, and by the end of the night it should be tapped. There's no CO2. You know, we've talked about different cast systems. There's no preservatives. It's just fresh beer. You put it on, on the bar. That's what they do in the in the pubs in the little countryside in the villages. So they're still doing that there regularly. Yeah, real beer, real yeah. lager. But so Vizanoa, he's the – so let's tell us your stable of these great Franconians. So Vizanoa, he's the guy that's organizing that, and I know there's different breweries involved. There's a few other ones. Mars does it. Uh, Mars used to do it, and they stopped no, doing it because they didn't want to bother Andy, will you, will you be sending uh, gravity kegs to the United States? Next no. year? <laughs> Never. Next year, okay. <laughs> Maybe. Year. Yeah. It's, it's actually very time-consuming, and Urban does it as a labor of love, and it's really hard to clean the little barrels. And uh, So it's, it's a thing we do because we love to do I it. I saw a video. It was like basically you had a hose coming from the tanks and you just really fill them tough. up. Yeah. Well, yeah. But, but you have to, to and you and I could go do that. Sure. We'll just go and just they would love that. They would love that. Listen, that sounds great. Put it on the bar and drink it. <laughs> no, Shelton Brothers is always happy to invite everybody to come join us for our trip to Franconia every summer. We go to a really great festival in the mountains called Long Fest where, the, where the, you drink liters of beer. And then the next day we go to Kulmbacher with a little parade in the little town and crack open the uh, big barrels in Kulmbach and the band's playing and you fall down a lot and stuff. It's, you know, Joe, anybody who wants to come can be our guest. Yeah, and you'll, you'll have the, We brought uh, the folks from uh, uh, Pretty Things, Dan and Martha, and they said, this is the best time we ever had in our lives. And you know they've had a good time in their lives. <laughs> so well, we I'll give you a big window. So you still got to, you have other Franconian breweries. Oh, yeah, You're yeah. Tell oh, me. I, we want, mentioned I want the Mars, whole list. We mentioned Mars Brewery in Bamberg, uh, and where Andy used to be the corporate guy there, for, uh, which kind of disappointed me that he said that. But we, we have uh, Urban Winkler in Weissenoa, Closer Brewery Weissenoa, which is a brewery that existed 10 years after, what's the oldest brewery? Weinstein. Uh, yeah, it's, it's actually 10 years Younger than the oldest brewery in the world. And um, in Franconia, and we have a buyer, which sent us only gravity cakes, and we have Leuvenbroi Buttenheim, which is where Levi Strauss comes from. They send us uh, a little gravity keg, but we don't 
we don't have any other um, Franconians. Yeah, not we don't. We can't take everybody. You know. Yeah. <laughs> out of curiosity, of all the breweries that you've traveled to, has there been one that stood out in terms of either the way that they brew, the ingredients they use, their methodology? Like, is there anything that really stood out to you that you were inspired by, either in the U.S. or across Europe? Good question. Yep. Uh, I didn't uh, understand. Exactly. Oh, sorry. Too good of a question. So if you've been to several breweries, yeah. is there one that really stands out that you said, oh, wow, I like what they're doing, or that inspired you? Awesome. That, yeah. Oscar yeah. Okay. Whoa. Thanks, Jimmy. <laughs> yeah. I know um, some German. Okay. In, in, in Germany, I, I, I know the breweries, and... Um, for me, it's more important. I, I uh, travel to to in the foreign uh, Italy or or uh, Neverland. Or, so, you, so he went yeah. to he went to Bira del Borgo. What, yeah. what was the awesome. system like, and what what were you making? What kind of beer? How about that? We made uh, a seasonal lager, and um, we used uh, also coriander and uh, uh, spicy things, and uh, so. I, I didn't use uh, before, and uh, so it was very nice experience for me. And then you went to Demolin. Yeah. So what what kind of beer did you make there? Um, Baltic Porter style. And is that the one that we just drank? Well, that's no, a different one. That's most yeah. different. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, and then um, last year uh, I was at at an archipelary, and we we brewed with um, with groots. Yeah, sweet. In Sweden, yeah. Sweden. Narka. That's Narka. Narka, yeah. Narka. Narka. Yeah. And then, Joel, what, what's the itinerary for Andy? So you're here in New York. Last night you guys were at Spite and Dival. Tonight we're going to Jimmy's number 43. You're all invited. Jimmy's number 43 is tapping the Soigel for the first time. Soigel on draft. It's first time in America, actually. Is it? At Jimmy's number 43? Yes. Thank you. I don't know. He paid us uh, 50 bucks for that. Oh, yeah. Jimmy did. <laughs> I actually how, paid, how, I how paid for the beer. I can say that's, that. That's, that's an old, old And then what, we have something here. in bottle, too. The Doppelbach. Or is yeah, it the, the Weizenbach? Amber Weizenbach, which is... Nice! I am so psyched! I have a keg of this! Guys, this is my first no, bottle release. No, you don't have a keg of that. You just have a bottle no, no, of a that. A case. Jimmy. The uh, yeah. Gonstella, the Amber Weizenbach, which is my favorite beer of the day. Liquid we gold. We have one case at Jimmy's number 43. Yeah, that's the... Tonight. That's the, my favorite beer in the it's gonna world, be gone. practically. I, I could drink that all night, and then I would... And the last out. thing, you guys are going out. You're going to a festival, too. Uh, he's going to Rate Beer Festival in California. Oh, and now just, going Justin's to. going, too. So oh, Justin's so, lucky. So some of the folks here, yeah. But... So he's he's doing a big U.S. tour. He's just stopping in New York just to just to tease us a little so, bit. So how is it that the, the guy who's like one of the smallest brewers in, in Germany gets invited to a big beer festival in California? Good is, that, is that your doing, or they just found him? Andy, did you do it behind our backs? What happened, Andy? <laughs> I think Bihar knows what. That's that's absolutely amazing for me, and um, um, I don't know. Um, I just I, I I brewed the the different beers and. Um, um, that's came uh, anytime from Colorado, uh, Michael James, and, and visited us, and uh, he rate our beers, and uh, so uh, that's going to be more and more. In, in it's based on the top, top-rated yeah. rate beers. Well, Andy is very, very highly rated in the German beer world, and I think that's what the Rate Beer Fest is about. BR, is that correct? It is. I, my, my experience is more in making sure that my, my Canadian brewers got the beers to us in time to ship. But yes, it's mostly, uh, the, it's, it's an invite, uh, invent, invite, you have to invite only where, yeah, some of the top rated beers uh, on rate beer, uh, the brewers are then invited to the festival. That's great. And I'm sure when Justin comes back, we'll get a recap of that event in a couple of weeks. So let's do a quick wrap up. Uh, and anything going on? 
Are you thinking about New York City Beer Week at all? So much, yeah. We're doing our list for New York City Beer Week. So many great beers. I'm doing an event with 42 of them on draft. Um, I'm actually really, what I'm thinking of is going to visit their farm. Yeah. And that's a, You like, know, that's a great idea. I'm, we sh- we should do a visit to your hot farm. Absolutely. To. And you guys want to set the, what, Is there anything else going on with you guys? You're just planting? Are you waiting for the some snow to melt? Waiting for our roof to thaw. <laughs> I dug some hops out of the snow today. And you brought one of your, is it one of your colleagues, too. You should, quick introduction. Yep. Come on. What's your name? Dan Kaminsky. Hey, Dan. How are you? Are you man? Hey, I'm good. I'm glad to be Thanks. here. Thank you. So, what do you guys do at this time of year on a rooftop garden? You just wait for the snow to melt, or what? Um, it's a lot of organizational stuff going on. More, you know, the books, computers that we don't usually deal with as farmers. <laughs> do you have to pay rent to be on the roof of that fancy yeah, building? Yeah, we do. Come on, they don't just give it to you. No, I, I thought you're saving them like thousands of dollars in air conditioning costs. <laughs> if you know of anyone who wants to give us a roof, though. We'll take it. We'll take that, it. Put that out there. You got it. And then Andy, <laughs> you say, say something nice to uh, in German auf Deutsch. So, ich grüße alle uh, Deutschen, die wo hier jetzt in New York sind und um, hab viel Spaß. Also, ich war sehr überrascht und, und uh, sehr beeindruckt. He is, so, he is so articulate, man. I love that guy. Thank you. <laughs> I don't think it made any sense. I didn't understand it. <laughs> Joel, you're out, man. And VR, anything else? My Vuvuzela. <laughs> Vuvuzela. Just that we'll, we'll be at Brewer's Choice during New York City Beer Week. And that's always our favorite event. We've got over 40 brewers, including Due to Sell coming down. We love that. So Anne's going to be one of our host committee this year. NewYorkCityBrewersChoice.com. Check it out. February 24th, New York City Beer Week. Support it. So many good things are happening. And uh, again, thanks to all our special guests here. Go through the room. Say your name quick. One. Anne. Dan. Katrina. Keely. <laughs> Andy. Joel. BR. And Jimmy, thanks for joining me here on the Heritage Radio Network. All right. We'll see you next time on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. Thanks to Jack Inslee, Justin Kennedy. Rock on. Woo! Thanks for listening to this program on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore Radio. You can email us questions at any time at info at heritageradionetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.